Can we thank our worship team for bringing us into the throne room this morning? Thank you, guys. Girls. Love you, girls. <laughs> All right. Wow, it's so good to be back. How, how disappointed I was last week that we couldn't uh, get together, and especially with Dan Seaborn. I mean, really? Was that the week that we had to have that ice storm? Um, just so you know, we've been able to reschedule Dan to come back. So he, he will be with us. In fact, um, he's going to be with us in... Um, our series closer to the end of our time here, and I may mention that right now. On your tables, uh, feel free to take these, and if there aren't enough for everyone, um, stop by our welcome table, but we're releasing this next session from January to May, what our um, Thursday morning impact looks like, so you get to get a better idea of what's coming up, and um, so we had Dan Seaborn there last week, but you're going to find that he's actually coming on, uh, I believe it's April, April 13th. So he's going to be part of our Loving Well series. So yeah, check this out. This is the, the best way to find out what's happening at Thursday Morning Impact, at our Monday Night Bible Studies, our Summer Life Groups, Upper Room Prayer Schedules. So everything that you need to know about women's ministry is right here. So this is, this is valuable. Stick it in your Bible. Use it for a bookmarker. I like the, the, um, the straight edge because that's how I underline in my Bible and not make a mess, right? You need a straight edge. So, you know, this is just handy in a lot of different ways. So please uh, make sure that you have that. This is an up-to-date schedule. Hey, I want to welcome Welcome, our first-time visitors. I got a chance to meet several of you. Can you raise your hands for us? All right, thank you. Here's Tara over here. Good. I, welcome, welcome. Another one back there. Anybody else? They're over here. Wonderful. Yes, I met Chris too. So, hey, so glad that you're here this morning. Um, I always say you're only a visitor once, and now you're one of us, okay? You're a sister in the Lord, and um, there are no, no walls here. We're all together. Um, just We are real women after God's heart in full pursuit of what he has for us. And uh, I just am so thankful for all of you. So just a, just a real quick word on that ice storm thing last week. How many of you um, knew that we were canceled once Granville schools are canceled? Okay, good. And being moms, I know that you just kind of have to watch the TVs on that as, as well. We're trying to get that message on there earlier, um, but we will announce on the major TV stations also that our Thursday morning is canceled if and when that happens. So we pray it doesn't happen again. Amen? <laughs> That's no fun. All right. Hey, right now we're going to go ahead and um, take the offering. And so ladies, if you prepared to give, I just had a a scripture in my heart again this morning about um, how we can trust God to um, to lead us and to guide us into what um, becomes a blessing in your own life. Isn't it strange that God says that if you give, it'll be given to you? And so when you think about giving something away, it should leave like a hole there. Like now there's nothing there uh, to replace it. But, you know, think of your giving more like water, how the, the properties of water are. And it says give and it'll be given back to you. So it's like every time we give, something comes in, it fills it in, just like water would fill in the lowest place. There's never anything lacking. God's not a God of lack. He's a God of provision. So we're not afraid to give. We're just as um, if we were to to 
take a cup full of water out of a pail, there's something immediately there that fills that emptiness, and it's never empty. So that's what God says. Give. His ways are different than our ways. Give, and it'll be given right back to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over. You know, he's not a stingy God. So he's going to continue to fill that cup as we give. He's going to always replace and then and add to it a blessing. So let's just pray over you, uh, your blessing as you give, that there will be more blessing in return. So Father God, we just look to you as that provider, that multiplier, the, the God of provision, that there's never any lack in our lives, Father, as we do things your way. As these women give this morning, Father, I thank you that it will be immediately replaced in their lives, in their families, in their finances, and that you even multiply it back to them in greater and greater numbers and depths. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies, you may go ahead and take that offering. I'm going to be wearing lots of hats this morning because our Trisha this morning is home with her daughter who is not feeling well. So um, you get to listen to me all morning long until <laughs> for announcements as well. Um, how many of you are still thinking about signing up for that retreat coming up? We've got the Midwinter Getaway on February 17 and 18. And um, ladies, we've had just an amazing time at Maranatha Conference Center in the in past few years. Uh, this has become an annual event. I know some of you uh, have not yet come. I wanna invite you, think about it, get a few girlfriends together. It's an overnight getaway. Hey. How often do you get a chance to be with girlfriends and just stay up and talk all night? Come on. It does, and if nothing else, we get to get away, get refreshed, rejuvenated. Our guest speaker this year is um, Judy Buffum Hamela. She was with us this past fall, um, and she's just going to have a, a just a real hot word for us, I know. Flowing in the Holy Spirit. You know, it's really awesome when we can take a little extra time in worship, um, just listening and, and receiving. And... I just know that if you come, you won't leave the same way that you came. Because we've seen a, just an awesome move of the Holy Spirit. Um, last year, there were women who were healed, uh, physical things that they have been dealing with. The Holy Spirit just moved because we invite Him to do that. We always invite Him to do that. But there's been something really special about retreats. So check it out online. Um, it's called uh, Midwinter Getaway 2017. And um, you can sign up. It does cost $130, but that's your overnight stay in three meals and all you have to do is bring yourself your friends and uh, just an open heart to receive so I just want to really encourage you to um, check that out and if you've not been you're you're just gonna really really enjoy it all right uh, let's see here another date to save save the date everybody say May 19 and 20 all right this is our women's conference coming up. Ladies, it's been 10 years since we've hosted a women's conference here. This conference this year is 10 years in the making. All right, and I want to just get the word out there. Save the date, May 19 and 20. Uh, we have got an amazing lineup. Um, Sheila Walsh is going to be one of our guest speakers. Yeah, I heard. Oh, yes. Good. I'm glad you know. Her ministry has just really exploded in, in um, recent years. 
if you want to check her out, you can check um, James Robeson's uh, ministry TV program, and she is a regular guest host. She's become uh, more or less a TV personality as well as a very highly sought after speaker because she's a she's a woman of grace and truth. And I know that um, she's just going to be a real blessing. Another one of our speakers is Hannah Ouellette. Um, not a real well-known name, but you will just be fired up from this lady. I called her and said, hey, I'm looking for someone to start fire. She goes, that's my speciality. She says, I can start a fire, motivate us. She's just got just an amazing word for us as well. And then of course, I had to invite our very own Dan Seaborn because you know what? He's got an anointing to speak to women. And even though we get a chance to hear him, you know, from time to time, there's lots of women who don't really get to hear his message, especially for women. So um, ladies, it's priceless is the name of our women's conference because in Isaiah 43, God says, you are priceless to me. And priceless speaks of a value that you cannot put a price tag on. Anybody here ever watch Antique Roadshow? I like that show. Okay, am I too old? Or you girls, okay, you like that show? Well, sometimes, every once in a great while, somebody brings something in, and you know, they try to evaluate it and give it a, a, a what do you say, a, a, a value. Okay, this is worth, you know, $1,000 or this isn't worth anything. Sometimes they say, you know, it's just not a valuable kind of a artifact. But sometimes they say, this is priceless. It's one of a kind. It's unique. There's nothing else like it. You cannot put a price tag on it. There is nothing that could come even close to its value. And God calls you priceless. There is no one like you. Your value surpasses anything. And sometimes we sell ourselves so short, but we want you to know, and what we're going to be talking about at this uh, conference is how priceless you are in God's eyes. So I just want to give a, a quick plug. You're going to be hearing a whole lot more about it, but um, get it in, in your heart, put it on your calendar. It's just going to be an amazing weekend. It's just going to be a Friday, all day Saturday. Um, and God's just going to do some amazing things for us there. All right. This is dangerous when I get to do the announcements, right? <laughs> One other thing we want to let you know is that we are planning a spring shopping trip. All right. Um, and it's going to be Friday, May 26th. This is just a one day, not an overnight. So it's kind of a, a fun one day um, trip. Leaving Res Life at 7.30, returning by 11.30 p.m. You get to shop till you drop it for one day. And um, the location, we're going to stay in Michigan. We're going to go to Ikea in Canton. And then there's a 12 Oaks Mall in Novi, which is pretty amazing. It's a couple, couple floors um, with stores that I've never heard of before. So it's kind of a fun shopping experience there as well. And it's only $40 a person, you know, and that covers all your costs for transportation for the day. So you can sign up for that um, in the bookstore with Jolene. All right. I think we got ourselves covered here. Um, one more thing about our retreat. We're going to be, um, I'm going to show you two videos. The first one is a community project that we're going to be doing as part of our retreat. And um, go ahead and, and uh, roll that video, and then we'll talk about what our community project looks like and why we're doing it. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Offering hope, healthier lives, freedom, 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 freedom from food-related diseases, through education, jobs, and medical leave. Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you join us? real big problem in Uganda for uh, children who contract uh, foot diseases because they don't own a pair of shoes. And, um, and so a lot of these children aren't able to walk or they just, you know, get infections in their feet. And so this Soul Hope, S-O-L-E, is a really cool ministry that um, has organized to make shoes for these kids. And what we're going to be doing at the retreat is taking um, old jeans material. So if you're getting rid of, you know, the old pair of jeans that, you know, you've saved or, you know, those soccer mom jeans that you're not supposed to wear anymore, and you just, it's just time to clean out your closet, all right? and get rid of old old pairs of jeans. Um, and we're going to be cutting out the pattern, sending it to Soul Hope, who will, um, they, they have a part of their ministry then, is to attach a rubber tire sole and come up with a, a shoe that looks something like a Tom's shoe. It's a fabric shoe, but um, it's helping these kids to be able to um, to function, to walk, and, and not have a problem with this foot disease. Um, if you're planning on coming to the retreat, I'm gonna ask two things. Bring the, the extra pair of jeans, um, and you can be bringing jeans here as well. Just put them on a, a pool table back there because we need lots of them. We'd love to cut out hundreds of pairs of shoes for these kids, you know, to bless this ministry. But if you're coming to the retreat, bring, if you can, bring a good pair of scissors. That would be awesome because we're going to try and do, do this, um, you know, big, big time style so that we can get lots of hands working and, and support this Soul Hope ministry. All right, good. I wanted to make sure that we get that. So even if you're not going to the retreat and you've got some um, genes to contribute, we would love to collect those from you and you can bring them anytime on Thursday morning. All right, ladies. It's time. I'm really excited to introduce our speaker this morning. Um, we're going to be entering into the next couple of weeks what we call our Freedom Ministry Series. You know, Jesus said it was for freedom that he came to set us free. So the freedom's already been purchased. But you know, sometimes there's obstacles. Sometimes there's things going on in our lives that we're not walking in complete and total freedom. 
but it is available. And so through Freedom Ministries, we, we wanna tackle some of those things, get them out of the way so we can walk in greater levels of freedom. Does that sound good to anybody? That's what God has for us, that's his plan for us. So every year we like to take some time to just really delve into what are some of those things, God, that you want to minister to me so I can walk in greater levels of freedom in my life. And so you're gonna find that the next couple of weeks we're gonna be diving into that. Um, and just as I mentioned for what else is coming up, I'm really excited this year, um, instead of breaking up into smaller workshops like we've done in many years past, we're gonna stay together and we're gonna study together one of the most amazing Psalms, Psalm 91. Anybody familiar? Yes, and we're gonna take it verse by verse and learn how to pray this amazing, beautiful, powerful psalm of protection. How many of you know we live in a dangerous world? Yes, and uh, more than any time in our history, I believe that we do live in a dangerous world. If you listen to the news, you might just decide it's just safer to stay at home. But then again, something could happen there as well. So we can't walk in fear, ladies. We have to learn to walk in the power of the protection as God is our source of protection. And that just means we need to get the word on the inside of us and learn how to pray that Psalm most effectively. And I can tell you, um, we're gonna divide it into four Four weeks and then we're gonna spend that fifth week we are gonna pray 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 because by that time we're gonna be confident in knowing that we can walk every day in a in a place of supernatural protection because God promised that for his kids and so we are not gonna be afraid anymore of what's gonna to happen to our kids you don't have to be afraid of going places or traveling because we're gonna learn how to walk out our safety, looking to God as our only source. And I think it's just gonna be really powerful. We're, we're gonna use part of that time um, to talk around tables. So if, you know, uh, like discussion questions so that we can really process this word. I'm just, I'm not interested in just talking at you. I want you to just receive this thing that it becomes infused in the way we think, the way we pray and what we believe. So I'm so excited about that series that we're calling Living in the Secret Place because the secret place of the Most High God is the safest place to be. Amen. So that's coming up. And, um, and then it's so crazy to look at that, but by that time we'll be into what we're calling our Loving Well series near the end. And we always end in May uh, with a big celebration. So we'll be talking more about that as well. All right, back to our guest speaker. <laughs> Very dangerous for me to have the microphone all morning long. All right. Um, we're just excited to have Pastor Deb Kurgis. She is an amazing woman of God. I love having a, a friend on staff. We women have to stick together. <laughs> but she's just a woman of, of um, strength, of character. I know I can go to her, and she's got wisdom for me, and um, we pray together. Um, She's happily married for over 40 years to her husband, Rod. Um, they have two beautiful married daughters. And um, she oversees many areas of ministry here, including Freedom Ministry. I'm going to let her talk about that. And But her heart is to see lives restored and made whole. And she's an encourager. So I know you're going to really enjoy this morning. Please help me welcome Pastor Deb as she comes. Well, good morning, everybody. 
you know, I have people ask me from time to time, they'll say, you're a pastor? And, and some of them are people who know me from way back. And so they're like, you're a pastor? Really? You know, it's like, you're a pastor. And then, then I'll say, well, yeah, I'm a pastor. And they say, well, what kind of a pastor are you? And I'll say, well, I'm a freedom pastor. And they say, wow, you must go to a really patriotic church. <laughs> You know, we, we are a patriotic church. We are a church that, that desires uh, to see God glorified in this nation, and we're proud to be Americans and, and all of that. But, you know, really when it comes to freedom, we are just so grateful for the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for us. And uh, since Karen um, suggested that I talk about freedom a little bit, I guess I'll go there. Um, you know, a lot of people really don't know what freedom ministry is. And so when they ask me, well, what is freedom ministry? I'll usually say something like, it's becoming who you are. Yes. And they give me this look, like, what do you mean? Aren't I who I am? But you know, really, all of us have gone through things in life. We've all experienced different things. Uh, we've grown up in families that maybe really loved us a lot, but they're not perfect. And life just happens to everybody. How many have had some life happen to you? You know, it, life just happens. And so in the process of that, what can happen is we have this enemy. And this enemy likes to make funny things happen with the sound and, and make little feedback things. But the enemy also loves to get us to this place where we feel broken down, we feel defeated, where there's something in our life that we know should be different, and we've tried to change it, but we really haven't been able to. That's called a stronghold. And, and, and the enemy likes to get those strongholds on us. And God is teaching us and showing us in, in freedom ministry and throughout this church that when one of those strongholds is starting to develop, we need to run to our strong tower. Amen? Because we have a strong tower, and the, the king who lives in that strong tower has a very strong hold on us. In fact, he says he's never going to relax his grip on us. So we can run to him and we can know that we will be safe in him and he will um, help us to grab hold of that freedom that Jesus purchased. In Galatians uh, 5.1 is where it says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And, and he goes on and he says, stand firm and do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of bondage. You know, it is possible to be a believer and still have some things hanging on you. And that's, that's what we want to do even through these few weeks of classes. And the area that I really felt like God was directing me to was to talk about our, our hearing and our receiving from God and our ability to hear Him. Um, but I want to start with this, just to talk to you about why Jesus came. You know, sometimes we can have this picture that Jesus came to pay for my sins so I could go to heaven. And that's true. But he did more than that. I mean, if that wasn't enough, I mean, I think I would have been pretty happy with that. But he did more than that. Here's what, here's what Jesus said in Luke 4, 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So what Jesus is doing here, he's really telling everybody what his job description is. He's saying, this is why I came to earth, is to do these things. It's kind of neat because if you think about John 10.10, 10, which is 
where it says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus said that I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. Those two things kind of come along uh, side each other there because really what he's saying is, you know what, I want you to have a full life. I want you to experience abundance. I don't want the enemy to continue to rob, steal, and kill for you. And so he's made this purchase for us. And when it's talking about an abundant life, we tend to think of abundance in terms of quantity. We think, yeah, you know, that's a lot of life. And it is, but it's really the quality of life. He wants us to have a quality life. And he's made the way for that. We, he talks about preaching the gospel to the poor. You know, we've all heard the gospel preached. And, and really, it's talking about the poor being those who have never heard the gospel, those who have not yet received Christ. Um, but then he says he'll heal the brokenhearted. I, I think we can do this safely in this room. How many of you would say that you have, at one time or another, had a broken heart? I think if we're honest, probably every hand will go up. And if I said, how many of you have had more than one I'm sure many hands would still go up. Um, but the truth is, and the really great news is, is that's all taken care of, and in God's eyes, he sees you as whole. And he wants us to be able to hear uh, the truth that he speaks to us over the cries of the enemy who's saying all of these things that hold us in those stuck places. And so that's why hearing God is such an important part of our freedom. And that's why we're going to talk about it today. But then he goes on and he talks about liberty to the captives. You know, he's talking about people who are held in bondage, maybe some people who are facing obstacles, maybe you've got judgments or vows that you're holding against people. Uh, those kinds of things can hold us captive. It's like being in a prison that really, because he's, it's, it's kind of like, I, I have this picture and I, I wish I could have brought it to put on the screen, but it's, it's a cat sitting in one of those kitty litter, uh, a kitty carrier thing, and he's in this thing, and the bottom part is there and the gate is there, but the top is gone. And so he's really sitting behind this gate, looking out, thinking, I'm stuck here, I'm a prisoner, but really the cover has been lifted off and he could just turn and hop out. And that's kind of the position that we get ourselves in, or we, we are in sometimes, is the enemy makes us think we're more captive than we really are, because the price has already been paid. Recovery of sight to the blind. Is, has anybody ever needed physical healing? I have never needed sight restored, but I have needed to be healed of epilepsy and infertility and some of those things. Thank God for, for healing, physical healing, but also, that's spiritually blind. And I, I will be the first one in this room to admit that I do not have perfect spiritual sight. I wish I did, and if any of you do, afterwards you can come up and lay hands on me, and, and hopefully I will have better spiritual sight. But you know, sometimes I just don't see everything. I don't always have God's perspective on the situations that I face, but I can, he wants me to. And, and when I don't, it's because I haven't gone to him and said, Father, will you show me how you see this? And he's come to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, we can even be oppressed by the enemy of our souls. Um, he's, he's even taking care of the fact that the demons are gonna come around to try to get us once in a while. So, you know, I think probably all of us could identify with at least one of those things where maybe we've uh, been captive to a mindset, maybe to a habit, maybe to um, just a, words that have been spoken against us. 
All of those things can affect us. They can become core lies. We call them core lies because they're, they're things that we have lived with so long or they've been so deep wounds. They're on the inside of us and it makes us feel like they're really true. Even though if we examine that a little closer and we ask God to show us truth, they're not really true. And he can heal us of that. So that's really what freedom ministry is about. And, and I would love to tackle every one of those areas today. I think we would be here for a week or two or a month or a year or I don't know. That would be just me getting free probably. I'm not sure. But, but in Galatians 5.1, Paul sums up Jesus' ministry. And he makes it really clear he doesn't want us to be in bondage to anyone or anything when he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we know from Hebrews 13:8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he's taking care of your past, he's taking care of anything we bring him today that's in our present, and anything that comes up tomorrow, we can go to him and we can know that he will not turn us away, he will meet us at the point of our need, and he will show us the truth if we're willing to receive it, and he will help us because he's that ever-present help in time of need. So if, if you wanna know why Resurrection Life Church has a freedom ministry and why Pastor Karen offers this section on freedom, it's because really we as a church wanna see every person experience every part of Jesus' ministry, everything that he's paid the price for. So um, John 8, 32 says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's really our relationship with the truth, and we know that God's word is truth, we know that he is truth, but it's when we know the truth, the truth will make us free. So um, let's, let's go ahead and pray. <laughs> it was kind of a long introduction, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know where this is gonna go. <laughs> Father, we just thank you so much that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you comfort us in every area where we need comfort. And Jesus, we thank you that you are a brother who sticks so close to us. We thank you that, God, you are so much more than, than anything we could say, and that your love for us is greater than we could ever imagine. And God, we just, we just take a minute and we just say thank you for your love. Thank you for being such a good God. Thank you, Lord, in that while we were yet sinners, you did all of this for us, God just to prove that we don't have to do anything to earn anything. God, it's too good to be true. <laughs> but it is true, and we thank, say thank you. So help us today, Lord, by, if you would, giving us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see and receive truth that will set us free. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm really kind of feeling like I'm gonna start at where I was going to end. And I know that seems kind of weird, especially since I wasn't 100% sure where I was gonna end. But um, I, I have a feeling that in this room, there are probably many of us who would say, you know, I'm just, I struggle with hearing God. You know, I, I, I hear all these other people talking about hearing God, and some, somehow, for me, it just doesn't seem to work all the time. So I wanna, I wanna start by um, looking at the life of Samuel a little bit here. And so we're gonna be, I'm gonna be reading a little bit out of 1 Samuel 3. 
And this is the place where we read in, in 1 Samuel 1, actually, we read about Hannah. And she's a woman that I can identify with because she was barren. And my husband and I had many years of infertility, so I, I kind of can see where she was going with, with some of the things that she did leading up to this even. But she desperately wanted a child, and specifically she wanted a son. And so she went to one day to the house of the Lord, and, and you know we talked about praying those prayers and, and how great that we're going to have this coming up where we're going to really rest in the security of Psalm 91, and we're really going to grab hold of that, and, and that will be great. But she was praying a different kind of prayer. Her was a, hers was a prayer of desperation. And, and she was saying, Lord, if you will remember me and give me a son, I will give him to you for all the days of his life. Now think about that. She desperately wants a son, and she knows that by saying this, that, that she's actually going to give him away in a very short time after, it's probably as soon as he's weaned, she, she will give him away. I can't, I, can't, I can't fathom that as somebody who went through infertility. I cannot imagine that. But anyhow, she was a woman of faith, as we'll see. God granted her request, and she named her son Samuel, which means I asked God and he heard. I think that we should all uh, begin to call ourselves Samuels. That, that, you know what, we ask God and he hears. And, and it goes on, it says, true to her word, Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord, and when he was old enough, she took him to live with Eli, the priest. And then we're gonna pick up the account of this in 1 Samuel 3. And it says, one night Samuel was sleeping when he heard someone call his name. He got up and he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me? I didn't call you, Eli answered. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. And again, the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel jumped out of bed and went back to Eli. He said, here I am, you called me? And again, he said, go back to bed. I didn't call you. A third time, God called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, you called me? Finally, Eli realized that it was God who was calling Samuel. He told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm going to stop right there because I just saw something I had never seen before in this verse. I was thinking, you know, here's, here's Samuel who's learning all of these things, and he's, he has these three experiences where he's heard God's voice and he hasn't recognized it. But here Samuel is going to Eli, who is the, the, the prophet, the priest, I should say, and, and, and Eli didn't even realize it until that third time when he came. I don't know, I, I think priests are probably pretty good usually at hearing God. So that, makes, that gives me great hope. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read a little bit farther. <laughs> uh, so he said, go and lie down, and if he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is, isn't listening, or is listening. <laughs> Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he wasn't listening those other times, but now he's listening. <laughs> 
you know, I'm just really glad, even in this, that, that God doesn't have a three strikes and you're out rule. You know, we can, we, can, uh, we, we can live our lives with assurance that knowing that God is going to love us and just as he loved both Samuel and Eli. So um, he thought it was Eli, and he's, he, you know, he, you and I can hear a voice, and we can think, oh, I'm imagining that. That's just me. Sometimes I think we hear God, and really, I, I, I think we're actually hearing him, but it sounds a lot like our voice. It sounds a lot like us, and it's actually him that we're hearing, but we think it's, we think it's us. But after, anyhow, after him, after some trial and error, like Samuel, we can discern and begin to recognize God's voice much better. He's patient. God is patient. And Samuel went on to be known as a prophet of the Lord. And I, I think from his example, we can, we can learn that, you know, for us, the more we quiet ourselves and practice listening for God and, and expecting him to speak, the better we will hear. Because it's not about our effort. It's about familiarity. It took a little while for Samuel to become familiar with that voice. So uh, I want you to be encouraged. Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I believe that every single one of you in this room does hear God. I, I believe you do. And the reason I believe that is because, um, you know, when you came to the Lord, um, you know, he, you were at a place where you were probably sitting somewhere, uh, maybe, you were, maybe you'd heard a message that you'd heard before, maybe you'd been at the hundredth altar call you've ever heard, but that time something was different. You heard something on the inside and whatever you heard, whenever you, when you heard the gospel presented that time, you heard God speaking to you and drawing you. The scripture says that no one can come to the Father unless God draws him. And I'm sure that's in my notes somewhere. And I will tell you where it is if I find it. But so I'm certain that, that all of us have heard him at one time or another. We maybe just didn't think of it that way or recognize it that way. And I wanna say this too. When we're in worship, and even today when we were in that time of worship, we don't often think about, about it as God speaking to us in worship. We just think about maybe his presence touching us or you know, the anointing that comes during that time of worship. But really, when we're lifting him up and we are focused on him, we're taking our eyes off from ourselves, what ends up happening is God begins to speak to us. And I would dare say that, in fact, if you heard something from God today, just, just lift your hand during the worship time. If you heard something, or, or maybe you didn't hear like a word or something like that, but maybe you sensed something. You sensed something, or maybe he deposited one of the fruits of the Spirit in you. You, you, you caught a deposit of something. That is a way of God speaking to you. You know, he is great at nonverbal communication. <laughs> he really is. I, I wish I was that good at nonverbal communication. Um, lots of things we could talk about here. I think we'll go here. Um, I want to tell you the story about this young woman who, who came to see me one time. She had grown up in a church, 
it wasn't this church, and she'd grown up not really knowing her father. He had left shortly after she was born, and uh, he didn't really want anything to do with her, so he was just absent. And when she started school, she was put in the slow group. She was considered slow, and she actually failed third grade, and she felt really bad about it, and the kids began to tease her and mock her and exclude her. And she began to think, and she grew up thinking that she was a loser. So she thought she was a loser, and she felt like a loser. So who do you think she hung around with? Losers. Now, I'm not, I, I don't like that title, but this, I'm just telling you her story. And she, that's what she said, I, I hung around with losers, and I was one of them. And she came to my office, and we talked for a little while, hadn't been very long at all, and she blurted out, she goes, I am such a loser. And I said to her, I said, well, what if that's not true? <laughs> and she said, well, what do you mean? Of course it's true. I'm a loser, and I've always been a loser. And I said, well, how about this? How about if we ask God how he sees you? And so I said, I said just pray after me. Just say, God, how do you see me? And waited quite a while, and I thought I heard a little sniffle. And then I heard what was definitely a sob. And the next thing I knew, she was reaching for the tissues, and her mascara was running. And I said to her, I said, I'm beginning to think, well, maybe she didn't hear God. That could be one reason. But otherwise, I want to know what she heard. So I said to her, I said, well, you know, what did you hear? And she said, well, I, I heard something, and I, I think it was God. And I said, really? I said, well, what did you hear? She said, I heard him say that I am somebody he would never leave. And then she said, he also said, he told me he was glad I was his daughter. And she just was a wreck from that point on, and we didn't do a whole lot more in that session because she was just, just blown away by God's love and, and how he had spoken to her, somebody who thought she could not hear God's voice. And she came back a few times, and then pretty soon she didn't need to come anymore. And I happened to run into her a while back. She is now in her second year of college. She's going for a degree. She's doing some public speaking, and she feels really confident and secure. And it all started because she heard God speak. Now, I was thinking about that. You know, I could have just, with her sitting there, because I have enough, I know a little bit of the Bible, and I could have said to her, I could have quoted Hebrews 13:5 to tell her, you know, that God would never leave you or forsake you. I could have said, God will never leave you or forsake you, and he's really glad that you're his daughter. <laughs> and that could have been just information to her. But when she heard God's voice on the inside of her, it became a revelation, and it changed everything. It was the beginning of, of, of a wonderful change in her life. See, God is a God of relationship, and he definitely speaks. I know we all know that, but we can all hear him. You know, in the Bible, uh, there's so many people who heard God, but you start with Adam and Eve. You know, they walked with God. They heard God's voice. God told Noah to build an ark. He whispered to Moses from a burning bush. I love that. He whispered to him. Uh, while Jesus was on the earth, he spoke and he brought freedom everywhere. And I love what happened with Saul. You know, God, Jesus' words were so powerful that Saul, in Acts 9, when he saw that light from heaven, he fell to the ground, and while he was there on the road to Damascus, he heard, he heard 
Jesus speak to him, and he was transformed. He had been persecuting Christians. He probably was even involved with the killing of some Christians. And he went from being a persecutor of Christians to being an apostle. He became who God created him to be. God never created him to be a bad guy. He created him for God's glory, for his glory. And that's the same God that speaks to us today. And you know, back in Genesis, when God was speaking to Adam and Eve before that, he was speaking to things that were not there and calling them though as though they were, and he spoke everything into existence. That's how powerful his words were. And we tend to think his words were powerful. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His words still contain creative power. But if we don't realize that and grab hold of that, we will, we will live at a level of just kind of taking it for granted. You know, well, yeah, you know, this is how my life is, and so I'm just gonna accept it. You know, I know God loves me. But maybe the power just isn't really hitting us as it could. Um, huh, I just found that scripture I was looking for. <laughs> John 6:44. no one can come to me unless the Father who sent him sent me draws him. That was what Jesus said. Um, but anyhow, I want to talk to you a minute about this. Right now, in this room, there's something that nobody can see. I'll take a couple guesses if you want to tell me what it might be. Angels? I, you know, I've been hearing, when I've asked that question, I've been hearing angels more. I'm glad you guys are aware of the fact that there are angels here. All the saints and angels, they bow before the throne. Yeah. Okay, any, anybody else? Air, that's the other thing I hear. I hear angels, I hear air. Sometimes I hear, you know, nitrogen and oxygen and, and different things like that too. Well, that's not, those are, those are all right. But the thing that I'm thinking of are radio waves. Now, I know that seems like a silly thing, but you know, and I don't, under, I don't pretend to understand these things, but radio stations have the ability to send out these invisible waves. And they're all over in here. We can't see them, but they're here. And... If we had a receiver, we could plug it in and we could tune it to a particular signal and we could have some beautiful music. We might even want to get up and dance and praise God. Well, that's kind of how God desires us to be. He, he made the human race, each one of us, to be a receiver of his voice. That his presence and his life would come to us, it would dwell in us, and it would flow through us. We would be a receiver, and actually, we would begin to become a broadcaster. Um, and there's really a tremendous advantage. I, I, I hope you can see this, that there's a tremendous advantage to being able to hear God's voice. You know, when, when you're making a decision, if you're not a believer, all you can do is you can just get all of the facts that you can gather, you can Google a whole bunch of things, and then you make your decision. But as a Christian who hears God's voice, we can do all of that, and then we can say, God, you see this from a much higher altitude than I do. Would you show me what to do? It's awesome. So we really want to make sure that we grab hold of how to hear God. And, and I want to stress, I don't want to stress, that sounds bad. I'm stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. I would like to accentuate this point <laughs> that, that if you have not if you are not sure you're hearing God's voice, do not give up because he is speaking to you and you probably are hearing him and you're just not, you're just not understanding it, the, uh, what, how he's speaking to you. So we're gonna talk about ways God speaks. 
the primary way that God speaks, and this is gonna be kind of a teaching I like to teach sometimes, so bear with me, because it's good stuff, and we really need this foundational teaching. It will help us in understanding who God is and how he speaks to us. But the primary way is his written word, you know, and that kind of trumps all of the other ways that we might hear God. And it's very important to God, hearing God, uh, it's, it's very important that we hear God because it's related to our faith. Romans 10, 17 is where it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's important because if you go to Romans 1, 7 and a couple of other places in the Bible, I think two or three other places, it says the righteous shall live by faith. So if the righteous shall live by faith and if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then it's really, really important that we know how to hear God through his word, through his written word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by God and it's useful. And it goes on and tells some ways it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. How many of you feel like, you know what? I could use a little training in righteousness because I don't always walk in that sense that I'm as righteous as God says I am. I could use a little more of that. But how you read it is important. How you read God's word is important, you know. When I first started reading the Bible, I was kind of thinking of reading it kind of like a Bible, or like a Bible, like a, like a regular novel, and not the Bible. I didn't understand the difference, and so I read it, and it just didn't really uh, stick with me very well, so I didn't stick with it. But really, when we're reading the Bible, you know, a good way to do it is to just ask God to show me what you want to say to me as I'm reading this. And quite often, if you're reading like in your morning time or whenever you have your special quiet time with God, there'll be maybe one part of a verse or one verse that will jump out at you. And when that happens, God's pointing that verse out to you for a reason. And that's a great verse then to meditate on, to just kind of mull it over, to read it, maybe stressing a different word each time, and, and just saying, God, show me what you want to say to me through this, and, and really taking that in. Um, I used to look at it uh, <laughs> like the Bible. They, they used to say this, but I think this was probably in the 70s, that the Bible was basic information before leaving earth. Uh, but you know what? When we ask God to speak to us, it's much more than basic information. <clears throat> Information can only change our thoughts, but revelation changes our beliefs. You know, thoughts are those things that, that are up in our head. Beliefs are the things that are in our heart. And, and the, our beliefs are the things that we've accumulated over all our years of experience. And that's why there's room in there sometimes where we've believed wrong things, because some of our experiences have not been exactly the way they should have been. And to nobody's fault, necessarily. You know, it's, it's a fallen world. Um, and sometimes it is somebody's fault. And thank God that we do not have to judge them. He does. And, and we pray uh, for people who do those things. Um, I tell you one time when hearing God um, speak to me through his word changed my life. Um, I was sitting in a basement at a, a place. Um, it was a, a meeting. We, I had gone to set a friend straight who was, uh, we had determined that she was getting a little off the deep end. We used to sit and play our guitars and we would sing songs about God and now suddenly all she wanted to do was sing songs to God. And my religious background thought that was really weird and the other people who were friends with her felt that same way. So they sent me to go and set her straight. And I thought, okay. So I get to her place and what happened was she said, oh, I'm going to a meeting. I can't talk now. Will you come with me? And a light bulb went off and I thought, I'll go with her 
I'll see what they're doing wrong, and then I'll set her straight. <laughs> and so I went with her, and, and we go down into this basement, and all of these people are sitting around, and they're on beanbag chairs, and people are playing <laughs> guitars. They've got their hands in the air, and they're singing, and I can't hear a word. I'm thinking, I don't know what nationality these people are, but it's I don't know what they're doing. I was just blown away. And then my friend gets over. She's not even sitting by me. She's over here. She gets her flute out, and she's playing. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I wonder when they're going to get the drugs out. I had no idea what was going on. I was really quite scared. And so after that going on a little while, I was just sitting there. And, and then uh, somebody came in, and they actually started leading worship. But it was nothing like I had heard before. There was no the old rugged cross or any of that. What, what they were doing is they were just singing these songs that I thought, well, that's just really weird because they were singing this song and all these people had their hands in the air and they're, they're singing this song and they're singing, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Some of you people who are 60 and over uh, probably recognize that song. Maybe you're not that old. Some of you, I'm sure, are much younger than that. And, and I thought, wow, lift up your hands. And I'm not going to do that. So I sat down, and I'm in my beanbag chair, and I got my hands like this because there's no way I'm going to lift my hands. That is just weird. So I'm sitting there, and I think, well, you know what? i got to do something while they're doing this. I'll just read my Bible. So I open my Bible up, and I'm reading, and I could not believe this. I'm just kind of leafing through the Bible, and all of a sudden... I mean, just, just out of the blue, I come to Psalm 134.2 that says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. And at that moment, that became a revelation to me. These people were not as weird as I thought. Maybe they were, I'm not sure. But then I read a little further and I read, come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. And that's what they were doing. I mean, this was night. I did not go to church at night. That's, that was not something I did. But in an, in an instant, that verse became revelation to me. And it began to change my thoughts and my beliefs. And I ended up, shortly after that, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a result. And that never would have happened, I don't think, if that scripture hadn't jumped out at me. Probably would have been the end of a very nice friendship. And who knows where I would be today. I certainly would not be up here. But the, the, the bottom line is Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I just want to say this, you would not go to a restaurant and read the menu and study it and then get up and walk out without eating. Would you? No. no. So in the same way, we, we shouldn't read God's word to learn about him, but to know him more and more and to let him plant his truth in our hearts. Okay, God also speaks through teachers and preachers, uh, and that you can read about that in 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14. He speaks through prophecy, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Um, and, you know, that uh, is, it will talk about judging any kind of word from God, whether in, in any way that you receive it in just a little bit. But prophecy is where someone comes to you, and they should speak some things that are going to either strengthen or edify you, or exhort or encourage you, or bring you comfort. And if they do those things, then, then you could probably receive that word and say, oh, that, that might have been God. And you can receive that on the inside and, and get what God wants. I will tell you this one, in 1985, uh, my husband and I, Rod, were just getting ready to join this church, and we were at this meeting, and Pastor Dwayne is prophesying over us, out of the blue, just he's prophesying over us, and he's prophesying about our daughters. 
and his wife is Jeannie is over on the other side. Jan, you remember this because you were there. And she's nudging him saying, they can't have kids. They can't have kids. And he said, I can't help it. This is what I got. And he's going on and he's prophesying. And the verse that he gave, I looked it up later, it was in the feminine. And it was implying daughters. It was very interesting. And I just had to put that word on the shelf though because we were in like our ninth year of infertility. And I'd had so many people saying, you know, well, God wants you to have kids and, and all these things. But I put it up on the shelf. And sometimes that's what we do with prophetic words. If, it, if, it, if it's not anything bad, but it just, you're, you're just not sure about it, just, just don't think about it. But just keep it somewhere where you can get it if you need it. And I needed it because within the next year, we had our first daughter. And within the next two years, we had our second daughter. We had the daughters that he prophesied about. You know, prophecy is a legitimate gift today, and um, you know we just need to learn how to judge it and how to how to move in it. Um, and then he speaks to us through visions and dreams, and I could tell you lots of stories about this, um, but I won't because I can't <laughs> because I won't have time. But God loves to speak in pictures; He just does. And whether you're awake or asleep, if you're if you're awake, it's a vision. If you're asleep, it's a dream. I mean, that's my simplistic view of that. And for me, uh, when I'm sleeping is the only time I'm really quiet enough to hear. So I do occasionally have some dreams that, that are from God. And, um, you know, I, I, I would like to tell you the story. I would just tell you a story. I, I, I can't tell you the story, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, my daughter, when she was nine, our oldest, had a vision of something happening. I tried to brush it aside. I totally did not even really pay attention to what I prayed for. And I said, well, we're going to call upon him and he will show us great and mighty things, Jeremiah 33, 3, that you know not and it will be all okay. And I brushed it off because I was getting ready to go up to Petoskey to hang out at the beach with my friend before the summer ended. And so she had this vision of this, this dark sky and all of these things. And I would just say this, that the next day, I almost drowned. In fact, I was unconscious when they got me out of the water. And the, the vision that she had had detailed exactly what happened. And I had just brushed it off. And I, but the thing I will say is that's kind of like Eli and Samuel and their three strikes. The amazing thing was is that uh, my friend had managed to get out to me. And, and I hadn't even seen her, but she had gotten out to me and apparently Apparently, I was still conscious at that time because I grabbed a hold of her and I started to pull her down. And I remember thinking, I've got to let her go or she's going to drown too because I thought I was drowning. And so I let her go and I went under the water again. This was about the sixth time I'd gotten pulled out in this rip current. And what ended up happening was I heard a voice and I, I still think I heard it with my physical ears. I don't think it was on the inside. And I just heard God's voice saying, look up to me. And she told me later that miraculously, I just turned over on my back. She was able to get to me and get me out. And so the wonderful thing is, is that God gives us many opportunities. But my daughter was nine years old and she had that. You know, there is no hierarchy in hearing God. Our kids can hear God, anybody can hear God if they're tuned in, if they're, if they're a receiver, they're plugged in and they're tuned in. So you know, don't be like I was. Most of my hearing God stories from those earlier years are the mistakes I made. Um, but uh, that's okay because Eli's were in the Bible so I figure I'm okay with that. 
But, you know, we, we, just, we just need to really take to heart these things. So uh, God also speaks through other creative ways by, ways by giving you peace through nature or even through a donkey or handwriting on a wall. Um, and, and you can read about all of those. I mean, it's pretty cool. But God likes to speak to us, and he speaks to us spirit to spirit. He speaks to that inner man on the inside. And he created us with five senses, and he can use all of them to communicate with us. I talked earlier about nonverbal communication. He can communicate with us any way he wants. But here are three ways we commonly hear his voice. We might hear words, not with your ears, but on the inside. A phrase might drop into your mind. Like, I'd struggled with insecurity for a long time, but hadn't been thinking about it. I thought I was overcoming and whatever. And I was driving along by the mall. I'm not a shopper, so I guess that's why I hear God so well then. I'm not distracted by the mall. And I heard him say, you were never socially awkward. I had thought for years that I was socially awkward. And so I became socially awkward. But in just an instant, I heard that word, and it set me free. Changed everything. So don't tell me I'm socially awkward. <laughs> uh, another way is that you might see pictures or an illustration or something, or even a picture of a word. Um, inside, oh, inside, I gotta tell you this, inside a ministry session one time, it, we were about three minutes into the session, and all I saw was an upside-down doormat and, and I asked God what it was, and I didn't get anything. So I said to the person, and I said, the only thing I'm seeing is an upside-down welcome mat. And she started bawling. She got up, and she said, I have to go home. She said, I, I have to go home. And she wouldn't even tell me what happened, and I had no idea. Later she told me she was so mad at her husband, she had locked the house and had did done something so that he couldn't get in, and she turned the welcome mat upside down. And God gave me that picture, and she went home repenting, and they're still happily married. You know? But, you know, he can give you a picture, and that's not, and that's not because I'm anybody special. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I could be a donkey. I mean, God spoke to a donkey. Don't call me one of those either. <laughs> but he also speaks through impressions. You know, not words or pictures, but it's a sense or a feeling you have about something. It might even seem like a tug. You know, like we might be going home from church and Rod wants to go into Cabela's, and so I gently or not so push him the other way. That would be kind of him getting a sense that he's not supposed to go that way. But you can just have a feeling or a sense of something. So to discern whether what you're hearing is from God, ask the question, does it line up with Scripture? Does it line up with something that is written in God's Word, or does it line up with something that is revealed about God's character and nature? doesn't necessarily have to be chapter and verse, but doesn't reflect his character and nature. Um, and scripture is always the measuring stick for anything we hear in any way, whether it's prophetic, whether it's a vision, whether it's a dream, anything. In Acts 17, 11 through 12, and we're going to have to end probably with this in just a minute, um, or else they'll never have me back again. Acts 17, 11 and 12, Paul called the Berean Jews fair-minded and noble, because they received the word with all readiness and examined the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. As a result, many believed, and they, as did a number of prominent Greek men, but they heard the preaching and they examined it against the scriptures. They thoroughly searched the scriptures to see if the message was true, and we should too. They were called noble and fair-minded. Wouldn't you like to be called noble and fair-minded? So we should do it. Another way that you can tell if it's from God is does it produce the fruit of the Spirit? 
It doesn't have to do all of these things, but it should do at least one of these things. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit, and it should produce one of those in you. And the last thing is, is it, you ask the question, does it produce freedom? The truth has the ability to set people free, John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now we talked about this being a whisper-led life, and I haven't hardly even touched on that, and I have six minutes, and we're going to pray too. Uh, you know, there are so many times what we were, we're aware of God's presence when we're in praise and worship, and, and other times, maybe specifically in a church service or whatever. But you know, God is always present. Always present everywhere. And the only reason that we don't recognize that he's present is because we're not looking for his presence. Because if we're, if we're looking for him, if we're drawing near to him, he will make himself known to us. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Um, he wants to be so near to you that he doesn't have to holler, that he doesn't have to yell, that he doesn't have to jump up and down to try to get your attention. He wants to be so near to you, and he is. He just wants you to recognize it so that he can whisper in your ear. You know, think about if you're a grandma or a, a mother, you know, or even if you have a spouse or a good friend, you recognize their voice even when they whisper to you. And, and it's a precious thing. And he desires us to be that close to him. You're, you're, you're his sheep. You hear his voice. Um, I, I want to encourage each of us to be aware of the distractions, things that we tune into instead of tuning into God. Maybe it's other people. Maybe we're, maybe we're uh, instead of being led by a whisper of God, we're being led by the whisper of Rod, in my case, my husband. Um, maybe you're being led by the whisper of a friend. Maybe it could be even something like Facebook. You know, you're, you're, you're looking somewhere else to be that voice that God wants to be for you. So we want to tune into God, and um, you're his sheep, and you hear his voice. And hearing is vital to our freedom. So we're going to just do a real simple question. We're going to take a minute. We're just going to ask God a simple question. I, I would like you to just kind of Put, put your stuff down, maybe close your eyes, get comfortable. Karen, I might go three minutes over. That's fine. Okay. If you have to leave, leave. I'm just, you don't have to stay. Um, so just go ahead and close your eyes and kind of settle in. You know, just, just like that young woman who came to my office, God wants to draw each one of us into a conversation with him where he knocks out the lies that we believe. And he wants to replace him with the truth from his word, the truth about who he is, how he sees you, and how he wants to operate in your life. And when you believe the truth about who he is and who you are in him, everything changes. It begins to change. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe that God planned prayer to be a father talking to his children. And, you know, you would never call somebody up and talk to them for 10 minutes nonstop and then hang up. You would stop to hear what they had to say as well. So today, you know, if you are in a place where you recognize that you've been tuned into other voices more than you've been tuned into God's, maybe this is a time that you want to change. So would you just pray quietly after me? Lord, I'm sorry that my prayers have been one way.
and I haven't asked you what you want to say to me. I want to develop my relationship with you to the fullest. I want to hear you clearly. Thank you that you want that too. Now, Lord, as we're tuning into you, we're drawing near to you, we're putting our focus and attention on you, would you just give us ears to hear or eyes to see, and would you quicken our senses? And just ask the simple question. Is there something I believed about me that doesn't match up with who you say I am? you something, just say to him, I'm sorry I believe that, and I reject it. Would you show me the truth? He might be showing you a picture. He might show you in any one of those ways we talked about. And if he's, if he's shown you something, and he's shown you who you are, something that you haven't seen, just, just, just tell him, I receive that. Thank you for showing me who I am. Now, Father, as we end this time together, Lord, I pray that each one of these women in this place would leave knowing just how much they're loved, Lord, that they would leave with a new encouragement to lean into you, to tune into you, to listen for your whisper. I thank you, God, just even as we heard earlier today from James, that if anyone lacks wisdom, that you will give it liberally. God, thank you that you want to lead us by your soft, gentle voice. <laughs> And I just even thank you for your word that says that you will guide us with your eye upon us. Lord, today, if anyone needs to see a look of encouragement, help them to see how you're looking at them. We just thank you, God. I pray for each household that's represented here. Lord, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard the hearts of those in that place in Christ Jesus. Amen.